Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. Jump inside this podcast and I'm going to teach you how to read your own blood work so you can find the answers to your health concerns. Yes, those normal labs that your doctor keeps saying, oh, they look great. We'll see you again in six months. They really have answers in them if you know how to read it correctly. So come join me along this journey, leave a review and share with your friends. Let's dive in. What health coaching certification program do I recommend? I get this question asked all the time. Well, I've finally vetted them out and the one program that outshines all others is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition or FDN. There are three reasons why. One, it's very clinically based and teaches labs. I myself turned down a master's degree in functional medicine because it didn't teach labs. Two, you have lifetime access and it always gets updated. This is important because things change and you need to be in the know. Three, when you complete the training on your timeline, they have an incredible post-grad community. So they don't just kick you out on the streets and say, good luck. If you've been thinking about receiving your health coaching certification or are a practitioner looking to branch out and scale a virtual practice, now is the time. Make 2023 your year. Do this for you, your family, and those you're about to help. Go to fdntraining.com slash Dr. Kylie. Check the show notes for a $250 off code available for a limited time. I am happy to announce that I have partnered with Functional Diagnostic Nutrition because I love their program so much. They're now the podcast sponsor. All right, let's get into the podcast episode. Here we go. Welcome to Beyond the Diagnosis with Dr. Kylie. I'm your host. We've got another very, very special guest. And when I saw her post this on Facebook, I was like, oh my gosh, I need your story. I need to know how you came out of it. Um, Rachel was found found herself in a hospital bed being told that she needed to say goodbye to everybody. Rachel, take over. Thank you so much, Kylie. I'm very appreciative and grateful to be here for so many reasons and that and for you too. Um, basically, I ha- I fell a hundred times learning how to snowboard and had no idea I had a helmet on and false sense of security and got back a week later and did not know what was happening around me. And just to make my mother happy, I went to get a CAT scan thinking it was no big deal. And they literally came back like within seconds and said, kiss your kids goodbye. I had my youngest son with me and send us your will. And you have a fatal subdural hematoma, traumatic brain injury, and there's an ambulance to take you to the trauma center. But, you know, we it's been too long. So wait, there wasn't like just one big event. It was no. just multiple over and over and over. Exactly. It okay. was like a long weekend to learn how to snowboard. So I'm not competitive with others but I'm very competitive with myself. And I was like, I'm going to get down this hill if it's the last thing I do, but I really didn't mean it. And I had no idea. I'm not really a winter sports person. So I thought I had a helmet on. I was good. And it's not the truth. So I said goodbye. It, I mean, they said it in front of my youngest son. It was 
pretty traumatic for him. How old was he at the time? <clears throat> he was nine. Oh, geez. He was nine. And um, literally, they said, you need to find him a ride and, and kiss him goodbye. And and drew, like, the injury on the gurney and said, this is the bleed and you're not going to make it. So three days later, I found myself still in ICU. And they had, you know, prepped me for surgery. Thankfully, they hadn't shaved my head yet. <laughs> but, um, and I was just waiting. And then eventually, you know, they said it reabsorbed mysteriously and sent me to the top neurologist team. And they had me in a crazy making physical therapy for my head. And said they could not work with me without resetting my brain, which involved a lot of medications. And all of them had a side effect of suicide. And my trainer at the time reached out and said he had watched the movie Concussion and it's 12 NFL players who suffered the exact same injury and they all committed suicide. And it's a true story. And yeah, and I was too afraid after hearing that. I'm not really a medicine person, anyways, but for sure that was it. I wasn't going to take it. And the doctors basically said, We can't help you. And, and I understood the suicide because with a brain injury, you don't want to die. You just need to stop the insanity. Like you feel like you're going crazy. And they sent me home and they said, you're old, good luck. You'll be lucky to get back 60% of any kind of life yet without resetting the brain and doing all this crazy making stuff. Oh, no surgery, no meds. Mm -mm. You said, I'm going to do this. Just watch me. Exactly. I was like, okay, literally like this is not the hill I'm going to die on. And I went home and probably for the next like six months, I, I couldn't really drive more than a mile. And I had, you know, 24 seven people handling everything. And I, the only thing I could do was look at pictures. I couldn't read, I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't engage or, you know, talk like I normally would nothing on the screen. And so I literally would sit on the floor and I would cut out pictures and make collages. And I was going to boxing still because I felt like maybe the hand-eye coordination would be good for the brain. You know, you make up stories to, to justify whatever. And it was on the way back one day that I actually suffered a TIA, which is like a mini stroke. And I pulled to the side of the road and someone had given me the number unbeknownst at the time, but it was a holistic neurologist. It was a chiropractor of neurology. And I called him on the side of the road. I couldn't smile. And my dad said, oh my God, you're having a stroke. And I sat on the side of the road with him for 90 minutes. And by the time I hung up the phone, he said, you're going to, I can fix it. I can help you. You're going to have to commit to coming every day, every single day, six days a week. 
And it's about three hours of therapy. And he said, but I know I can help you. So I, I called my 80 year old father. And I mean, I always prided myself on being so self-reliant and that was another blessing and lesson that came out of the accident. And I had no other choice. I needed someone to drive me there every day. It was almost an hour away, three hours of physical therapy, and then an hour back home. And then and, and three days in, Kylie, he literally said, my dad said, I, you're like already a different person. And he said, and I, he started crying. Here I'm like so mortified that I have to depend on my 80-year-old dad to be driving and waiting and, you know. And then he would go get my kids from school. And he said, this has been the biggest gift. He said, you've given me purpose and a reason to get up and feel like I'm a part of something and contribution. And I mean, it was changed our whole relationship. So asking for help was a big lesson that came out of it. But you know what, Kylie? I am a single mom with three kids. They're my world. This was the first time, the accident was the first time in my whole life I had been a stay-at-home mom. I was the breadwinner when I was married. And, you know, that was my will. I, there was like no way I was going to leave these kids and, and, and I just felt like I hadn't even scratched the surface. Like I have so much more to do still. And the craziest part about it, and this is where you and I connected, was that I can find a diamond in the biggest pile of poop. I mean, I am just have that perspective, thankfully, that I was born with. But I never realized that mindset could affect your health in the way that it did. And on, on a recent interview with my neurologist, they asked him what made Rachel's injury different from, you know, 96% of all the other people who either commit suicide or end up in an assisted living home. And he said, 100% mindset. He said she was not going to accept when we told her you're going to have to take it easy and you're not going to be able to do certain things. He said she wouldn't accept that. And we were there to support her. So that was amazing to me. And I do believe wholeheartedly, Kylie, that what you believe dictates your thoughts and your processing and your behavior. And once you believe it, it's really, really hard to disrupt that. And I just want to be the example of what's possible for people to not get stuck in that place. You know, we've been told one of the, my favorite things about your story was I mean, you could have had the best treatments in the world. You could have done surgery. You could have taken medications. You could have done all the things. One, you chose not to. And two, you are, what you just said is I, I would not accept what they told me. 100%. And, and, but I, I want to tell you something crazy that happened since you and I first spoke about this. 
was that, you know, the one thing that my doctor told me and we've discussed and you and I have discussed is sometimes, you know, the media feeds into the the negativity of like, well, if you have this, you know, if, if you look up even the CDC for traumatic brain injury, it's like 26% live. And the rest of the people commit suicide. They're in assisted lit. I mean, there's a list. But in addition to that, it's real. My doctor told me that it's very common, my neurologist, my holistic neurologist, that for people to take this on as an identity, you know, it becomes like a thing. And I didn't really understand it until, so when I had my accident, my my accident, I, they told me that I, it wasn't safe for me to drive. Okay. More than like within a mile. And I experienced it. I would get road rage and I literally would get pulled over by the police. So I really didn't drive more than to the gym and home. And I went on the highway, you know, a year or two later and and I got all turned around. And so I was like, okay, I can't drive. I need to listen to what they're saying. Okay. Now this is five years post accident. And it's still, you know, an ongoing process, but I have lived in a new city in LA for one year coming up on one year. I've never gone on the highway. I only drive local. And recently, a friend challenged me. I kept saying, I, I don't go on the highway. I can't drive on the highway. Challenged me and said, when are you going to be ready to try it? So I said, you know what? I'm ready. And I drove an hour, over an hour to Newport Beach. And it was the most amazing, freeing thing and it just, it, it's like, and then it just reinforced, you know, the, it's like the story of the elephant. Do you ever hear that story where like when the elephants are little, they're, they're held to the tent or whatever by a string. And as they get older, people, you know, they still have the little string around them and they don't try to get away because they've been conditioned to think that they can't. And I, I, that just, it, I was embarrassed. I said, I can't believe here I am, you know, teaching radical resilience and what you believe. And I was stuck in that place. And I just can't, I don't want people, we have one life, you know, like don't get stuck in the place and, and don't let your mindset. There's been so many people, Kylie, that I've met who had similar injury or worse or not as bad. And because they said no to what they don't know, K-N-O-W, I've seen them. I mean, their life is, is not the same anymore. So I'm just asking your audience, whether they're on board or not, just stay open. I mean, this is it, like, as far as we know, right? And I I want to be the example so people don't give up. And I don't say this very often out loud, but it's like, 
I want to live a life of extraordinary. I don't want to live ordinary. 100%. And if I want to live ordinary, then I'm going to listen to what people say as conditioning. I refuse. I'm the same as you, which is why we probably resonate so much. But I saw you in New York. And I mean, we were in downtown Manhattan. You can navigate Manhattan just fine. Because I lived but there for 10 years. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and you just but, get in the back of an Uber, you know. I mean, you don't drive in Manhattan, um, you know, really, yeah, typically. I, I'm the subways. I don't, I'm country girl. I don't do those big, big cities. <laughs> it was like five days of Manhattan to me. I was like, holy smoke. Okay, take me on the airplane. Take me back home. This is great, but it's, it's New York. But you... You said a couple of key points where it's like you you can listen to them and you can do everything that they say. Or you can refuse and say, I don't want, to, I'm not going to accept this as my terminal. This is not who I am. This is not what my life is going to be like. And then you went and found something else. But not only did you get that treatment, you were surrounded by people who supported you. 100%. And they just incur, like, okay, you set your mind to it. Let's go. Right. You know what's crazy, Kylie? I always think about, imagine if the doctors said, you know, like, I would always get so mad when someone would, I would hear someone was given, like, a life sentence, like, you have this long to live. Or I was like, how do they know? You know, imagine if a doctor, instead of saying, kiss your son goodbye. You know, you have a fatal brain injury. I was still like alive at that point. Imagine if he said, girl, you got this. Like you fight, like there has never been a fight and you're going to see your son next week. And we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to help you instead of like, you know, they're telling me like, of course I was like, I probably can't say it on the podcast, but I was like, uh, I don't think so, <laughs> you know, but just imagine the flip because people, when, if they're, you know, especially when you're in a trauma state and maybe you're not even in the right mindset, just because you're so fearful and it's the unknown and you hang on to that, you just give up. Yeah. And it's that way with everything. It's that way, um, like, for example, I, I like to talk about money because that's been my biggest hurdle is overcoming those money traumas that I didn't even know existed. But it, but it's like my my family, and I won't name names, but um, they're like, well, I'm, I'm never going to be able to afford that house. I'll never have that house. Like, dude, change the story. One if you tell yourself that, it's going to become reality. Totally. totally. And that's basically what it comes down to is whether you have, I mean, if you keep telling everybody, oh, I have Hashimoto's, that is your identity. Totally. And you're going to take that with you to the grave. And no matter what kind of treatments you do, you're not going to get better. 100%. Because you keep telling yourself, that you keep telling your body, oh, I can't do that because I have Hashimoto's or I have this because I have Hashimoto's. Like flip the story and say, I fought this. Yes. I'm going to win it. Or better yet, put yourself in the matter of five years ahead when you already have won it. 
Be that person that doesn't have Hashimoto's. Be that person who beat autoimmune disease. And Rachel, surround yourself with the people who agree with you, who want to support that journey. I've seen it from multiple patient standpoints where they want to do everything they can to get better. And yet they go home to the most like, toxic environment where their loved ones are not on board. So important. They've accepted the diagnosis for their so-and-so, for their part their family member, and now they're just going to live it. And I've literally had to stop helping patients because I can't, I can't fight that fight for them. We can give them all the best treatment in the world, but if they're getting fed crap into their head. Listen, what's it, what's it called? I think it's, is it called dis, dysatonia? Dis, dis auto, dis, dis auto, yeah, I, I know what you're looking where for. You, where they believe, do you know that I, I speak to my, my doctor on a regular basis, dysatonia or something, where he has treated he said just in the past month, three children have come in to his office and the parent or whoever the caretaker is, has keep telling them, you can't, you, you're this, you're that, like, and they're, they're fine, but they believe that they're not and, and they keep them in the people around them in that state, you know, and it's, it's so scary because I even see it with some older relatives in my family and everyone around is saying, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this. It's not. And then I'm like, what, wait, what? You're like doing all these other things. Like, even if you can't tell yourself, don't tell yourself you can't, right? Like just, you know, just keep going as long as you can. And then, you know, but it's not about can or can. It's like, it's probably not a good idea right now, maybe, but, you know, and, and I reached out to my daughter last night. She's my oldest. And I said, give me the top three to five lessons that you learn from me which, you know, is the biggest compliment ever when your kids like actually give you credit for something. <laughs> and one of them was do not ever take no or allow somebody to determine your destiny. I always told my kids that if you want something badly enough, and that's pretty much the name of, you know, my program and my book is it's, it's your decisions not your conditions that will ultimately determine your destiny. And I've never believed in it more. And, you know, talking to you was just so refreshing as a doctor to, you know, to be on the same page. You have the biggest gift to give to your patients just being in that positive place. We need more of it. Because like you said earlier, like what if the doctor came to me and said, you got this. We're next to you for the next week. Like we're going to do everything we can versus, oh, by the way, you're going to die. See ya. Right. Totally. And you know what? It was 18 months, you know, and, and I'm still doing, you know, I get in a place sometimes 
but I know what to do. They gave me the tools and the tools are not take a pill. The tools are, you know, put peppermint oil on the roof of your mouth or, you know, put headphones on and listen to this app. And it's just like a hum or go to a hypobaric oxygen chamber. I mean, like that, I'm like a different person. I know what to do. They gave me the tools and I've never taken a pill for it. And, you know, I heard my doctor also say in, in a recent interview that people, a lot of times, he'll be the last stop on the totem pole and they'll say, well, my kid's been taking this medicine for three years and he's still not better. And, you know, but they're not open to this, but he's like, well, if they're not better, what, why are you here? <laughs> you know? Why are you still doing it? It doesn't matter. You've heard it so many times. Like I've been taking my thyroid medicine for 20 years and I don't think <laughs> I Then why are you doing it? They were told. They were told that they have to be on this forever to just manage their symptoms. When there's a whole nother way, but you have to be willing to leave the conditioning behind, open up your mind and get the right people around you that are just going to support you on that journey. I work with a lot of autoimmune. And that's one of the biggest pieces. Like, I can get you so far. But if you're surrounded by people who only see you as MS or only see you as Parkinson's or only see you as chronic fatigue or whatever the story is. I mean, I have goosebumps. You're wasting your dollars. I have goosebumps. It's so true. Or people say, oh, I can't, you know, I have IBS or I have, what's the other one with the IBD joint? Rheumatoid arthritis. That, and then there's another one that everybody, um, they used to, you know, I feel like it was just like. Fibromyalgia. Yes, yes. yes. Uh -huh. I'm just like, no, I don't think, I don't even think it's a thing. I think it's a thing when they don't know what else to tell you. We're going to have a whole entire another podcast on that exact topic, on that exact diagnosis, because I'm right there with you. <laughs> as we've talked about you know how powerful your brain is and how powerful your mindset is give the audience like one of your biggest key tips to shifting that head talk your brain cannot tell the difference if something is really happening or not and there is so many there's so many amazing books on this right now but it's the truth so you know, your mindset, you've got, it's a 24, 24 hour thing. You have to pay attention. And for me, I'm visual. And so I, you know, read it out loud every day. I look at my vision board. But in addition to what you said earlier with surrounding yourself with the right people, you have to protect your environment in every way from the new, anything negative, you need to stay away from. You get to decide. And so that is the second step in the radical resiliency five steps is you have to accept the situation and then you get to decide whether you're going to live with this or not. All right, Rachel, where can they learn more about you? Rachelrose.live. And I have a free blueprint that to reclaim your power and your positivity and your possibility, you need to stay positive. If you want a positive outcome, you have to start with a positive outlook.
All right, guys, go grab it. RachelRose.live. Go grab that blueprint. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Kylie. Thank you so much. The health coaching certification program that I recommend is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, or FDN. You can get started anytime. So grab the $250 off code from the show notes and go to fdntraining.com slash Dr. Kylie and get started. Don't wait any longer. Make 2023 your year. Do this for you, your family, and for those you're about to help. fdntraining.com slash Dr. Kylie. Ready to have all of your blood work compiled in one location where you can easily read it all together? Well, go grab my book, Why Are My Labs Normal on Amazon. Grab it, learn how to read your own labs, and take the power back in your hands because your normal blood work is loaded with answers. You just got to have the right person reading it and the right person can be you. Go grab it on Amazon, Why Are My Labs Normal by Dr. Kylie Burton. Leave a review and we'll see you on the next episode.